Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. If you look at him statistically and what he's been able to do in his first four or five, six years in this league, you know, it's kind of unmatched by anybody. So, you know, they're they're the, the mantra of what you want to be, how you how you need to do it, because again, they're just constantly in the AFC championship game. He's been in three Super Bowls now, like we gotta find ways to you know, it's a copycat league, so we gotta find ways to to be like them. Bill's quarterback Josh Allen on the Kyle Brandt podcast Kyle Brandt's basement gotta be like them be like the Chiefs one other thing we learned on that podcast was that Dawson Knox and the rest of the Bills offensive line is currently on a 10 day trip in Vegas mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Marino of the Draft Network joining us on the, 10 on the days ten, Joe holy cow I don't know if you've been to Vegas or you're a Vegas guy the, I think 10 days in Vegas would scare just about anybody yeah, I've had two recent trips to Vegas uh, for work. One, one was for the Shrine game and, and then the draft last year. And I'll tell you, after about three days, I'm ready to get out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a hell of a choice. Yeah, 10 days. These guys are uh, these guys are committed. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and Locked on Bills podcast joining us on the Wester Hotline. All right, Joe. So, you know, Josh Allen there says, got to find ways to be like the Chiefs. I'm... I almost want to say, like, you know, do you want to find ways to be like them defensively? Their defense has not been as strong as the Bills. Whatever. We'll, we'll get to the offensive side, to Josh's side of the ball. So, if, if if the mission is that, how much should the Bills try to be like them? They have a great quarterback, albeit a different quarterback. So, what elements of the Chiefs should the Bills be trying to emulate, and what should they stick to their own plan on? I think where the Chiefs have done a phenomenal job is with finding – meaningful players on rookie deals to contribute around their big ticket players. They have a lot of very good expensive players, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Tooney, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Uh, they don't, they don't have um, stars and scrubs, right? They have some big ticket players, but the job of Brett Beach, their general manager to find these players in the draft every single year to fill out their roster to get guys like Trey Smith in the sixth round and Creed Humphrey in the second round and Nick Bolton in the second round and you know what they were able to do with their defensive backfield, their secondary, literally almost just completely replaced it this past year with draft picks and their ability to be honest about their roster and, and saying, you know what, we, we need to trade Tyreek Hill uh, while we're in this Super Bowl window. We need to be willing to let a Tyron Matthew walk on the defensive side of the football because we trust our ability to – draft and get quick contributions from players that are going to be cheaper. And, you know, you know Pat Mahomes covered was over 17% of their cap this past year. 
and they were able to piece this together. And so I think if you want to be like the Chiefs, I think the best thing that you can do is figure out ways to emulate how they've built their roster, how they've been honest about their players when it's time to, to move on from them, and their ability to hit on draft picks to give you low-cost players, giving you significant contributions and rookie deals around your big-ticket players. I think that's the biggest thing that you want to emulate. I mean, the other stuff is X's and O's in, in, in execution. I think it's about getting the right players in the building around your stars. On the rookie point, Joe, I'm not sure how much you see this point, this this brought up to you. Do the Bills trust rookies enough? Because there are some rookies that, yes, they'll throw right in, but whether it's James Cook or Khalil Shakir, I think the offensive side might be the, the side of the ball that people think about this more. Should they be more trusting of their rookies? I, I think there's a case to be made there. Uh, one thing that I think is an incorrect narrative that's that's come my way a few times is that the Bills are reluctant to play rookies because that's just not true. Go through all of their draft classes. There's, there's rookie starters from every single one of them. Um, and so that's that's there there's maybe not the willingness uh to the fullest extent that maybe some other teams are but i think that's just a product of where the bills are in their life cycle as a football team you know there's a there's a saying in, in the nfl that you lose you lose one game for every rookie that you start and there's a i mean that's a belief out there and, and you know you've heard you've heard even josh allen say it in press conferences regularly you know he calls them dumb rookies right until they're not i mean that's that that stuff exists for a reason but I think when you have a situation like the Chiefs where the infrastructure schematically and with their coordinators has been so consistent. I mean, Spagnuolo's been their D.C. forever. Uh, it's been the enemy and, and Andy Reid is their, their offensive masterminds forever. And I think when you have that stable coaching staff with your core players in place, being able to insert rookies around them uh, is a lot easier. And I think the Chiefs have just done a better job of that than the Bills. Alan says they're copycat league, and I'm just trying to figure out, Joe, like what what is it that the Bills could copy from the Chiefs? Like you'll hear very quickly, well, what about the Tyreek Hill trade? Like they made that move, and I just don't think that move exists for the Bills. Even when you like, if someone wants to bring up Diggs in that conversation, it's not the same. Hill was like one million on the Chiefs cap for trading him. Diggs just signed a contract, so even that's not the same. So. I, when you look at Kansas City and you hear Allen even say copycat league, I just don't know. I don't know what the Bills are supposed to emulate without doing. Like they could do stuff, but it, to me, would be different. More screens, more what? Yeah, maybe right? like, it's more schematic. Is, stuff. is there any schematic things they should be borrowing? Well, I, I think the biggest difference is the implementation of the quick passing game. Uh, that has been a legitimate thing over the last several years for Kansas City, where even. You know, part of the belief that some people, I think, very ridiculously said that the, the Chiefs would be better without Tyreek Hill, it was because with Tyreek Hill, they weren't using his vertical speed down the field with a whole lot of consistency. It was so much quick game. And it was their, it was their response to the two high safety looks that they were getting was to get the ball out quick, force tackles, and then, you know, be patient with your shots down the field. I think that right there is a, what I just said doesn't really vibe with what we saw from the Bills offense down the stretch. And, you wonder how much of that was circumstantial based on, you know, how drastically different um, the play calling and design of the offense was after Josh Allen's uh, elbow injury. And if, if there's some merit to the quick passing game being hard on that elbow um, to, to really do that with consistency, I know that Josh hasn't really given any indicators, but when you look at the data, it certainly says that something very different happened structurally with the offense after the elbow injury. So I think offensively, that's probably the, the biggest, the biggest difference that I've seen between the two teams, because I mean, they, they, I mean, I think you can make a, a case that 
Josh Allen's every bit as physically gifted as Pat Mahomes. There's not anything that he can do on the field that Josh Allen can't. It's the consistency and efficiency that Pat Mahomes executes with, and I think that leans into him being more willing to take high-percentage plays uh, and get the ball out of his hands, where the Bills lived in this world late in the season uh, that it was low-variance plays and um, you know really working the ball down the field and, and not being as committed to the short passing game. So that feels like the biggest stylistic difference in terms of the way the teams play. Yeah, I saw your numbers on that. Mahomes in the Super Bowl, 56% of his passes were mm. with less than two and a half seconds. And Joe, will we ever see Josh Allen play a game like that? Just like you said, schematic differences. It's just not the kind of offense that a Josh Allen offense is likely to be all that frequently. I thought we saw some of that uh, early in the season against the Rams. I mean, the efficiency of that passing offense was was pretty interesting. I mean, um, getting the ball out quick. And I think it's about finding that balance uh, and rhythm where I, I don't think you want to neuter the offense and, and not have Josh Allen push the ball down the field. That would be inappropriate, too. I mean, you got a rocket arm quarterback with size that is phenomenal in play action. You want to lean into that a lot. Um, but I think uh, we got a very extreme opposite of that where I, I don't think it was Josh Allen. I, I know you're, the tweet that you're referring to. I don't think in his last four games he was like over 20% of getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds. So, I mean, uh, they got to find some rhythm with the passing offense. I, I Again, the elbow thing is something I keep coming back to. Uh, we've certainly had our conversations about the skill sets of the wide receivers around Josh Allen, and when you're funneling you know, 90 to 100 targets to Gabe Davis, who doesn't really thrive in that quick game and that ability to uncover quickly and not having that slot player that Josh has been able to lean on like a Colby Beasley, you know, those things kind of contributed, I think, you know, a lot to – the style of offense that we saw the Bills embrace late in the season. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Locked on Bills podcast. I saw that you tweeted out some of the things you talked about in your latest episode of Locked on Bills podcast, and Joe and I brought it up yesterday or the day before. The idea that the Edmonds decision or the offense, like do you do you go big and keep Tremaine Edmonds or do you kind of fundamentally shift and start spending that money on the offense? Last week, Joe, you made the very compelling case about how important Edmonds is to this defense. So I guess I'll ask you the same question that Joe and I kicked around is, does a commitment to Edmonds, does that decision, what they do with Edmonds, really drive the entire offseason and what direction you think that they go? Because they're going to keep their defense fundamentally the same and continue to pay it big money, or they kind of shift gears and say it's time to be not exactly an entirely different team, but there would be major, major changes with the absence of a Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, and I, I appreciate a Twitter account, at Sports Rock 2, uh, who put out some numbers yesterday that were pretty revealing. Uh, and it's that the Bills were .19 EPA worse against the pass when Tremaine Evans was off the field versus when he was on it. And that's the equivalent of going from the fourth-best pass defense to the 29th-pass defense. <laughs> and you can remember the games that he wasn't on the field. It was the Browns game. It was the Lions game. And you remember Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff picking the Bills apart in the middle of the field. And then how about Minnesota, where Tremaine was on the field for the first half, not the second half. You could see how drastically different the defense looked. And that's not something I'm willing to sign up for, especially when you have a player that's five years of experience in your system uh, that's had, a, I think, the Bills have been a top three scoring defense in four of the five seasons. And he's been you know, the player that the, the coaching staff identifies as the leader of the unit. Uh, he's entering his age 25 season with that level of experience. I don't – I don't think you let that guy get away, especially a first-round pick that you traded up for. I think that the Bills' offensive problems can be solved with an extension 
to Tremaine Evans that probably pays him north of $15 million a season. I think they need a left guard, and I think they need a slot receiver, and I think they need a, 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 an early-round pick at receiver as well, and I think you're going to be fine. So if, within your first three draft picks, figure out how to get that receiver and that guard. I mean, I don't know if you can sign one in, in free agency that you like, bring Cole Beasley back, back to be the slot. I don't, I don't think this is like this massive puzzle to figure out. I think you can do it and pay Tremaine Evans and get the best of both worlds. I think more than anything, Josh Allen's elbow has to get healthy, and Ken Dorsey has to find his rhythm with a, as a play caller. With the offensive line, you said you know left guard. You don't believe there's a need for a massive rebuild on the offensive line? It's just a small tweak, you think? I just don't think realistically there will be a, a massive rebuild. I think you're paying three starters in Dawkins, Morse, and Bates. So I, that's three of your five. And then you have Spencer Brown at right tackle, who's, you know, it certainly feels like he's the favorite to start there, listening to Brandon Bean talk about uh, really not having an offseason between year one and year two, uh, dealing with back surgery recovery, right? He wasn't even practicing until just a couple weeks before the Rams game. And then you think about he didn't even play football in 2020. And we're talking about, and I don't, I don't mean to be hyperbolic because I'm not. Spencer Brown's one of the most physically gifted human beings that's in the NFL in terms of size and athleticism. And so uh, it feels like he's the front runner to be that, that, uh, that right tackle, and, and it's his job to lose. Maybe you bring in meaningful competition um, as best you can, but I think that's, that's four-fifths of your starting offensive line. And so uh, maybe these, there's even a world where Ike Bucker or Tommy Doyle is that, that left guard or, or right guard. Maybe you move Bates back over to the left side. I think, I think that's what you're looking at with the offensive line. And one thing that I've come back to with some of the frustrations that I think many people have with the offensive line is, I, yeah, it was certainly some instances of, of players getting beat, right? That's normal. That happens in the NFL. I thought the protection schemes failed more than anything where there was mental mistakes, guys not sliding the right way, uh, free runners not accounted for, sometimes by the quarterback. I think that was what contributed more than anything to some of the pressure that we saw Josh Allen face. How down do you – I know you're not a, like a capologist, but how down do you have their situation? Like if they were to pay Edmonds, do you have an idea of whether it's left guard, like you just mentioned, or slot receiver? Like do you have an idea of what ballpark they'd be in, like a DJ Chark or – you know, one of those second-level free agent receivers or left guards. Like, do you feel like they'll do – you, do you feel you know whether or not they'll have room for a move like that if they pay Edmonds? It's all about deal structures. You know, I, I know we, we, we're going to say that Tremaine Edmonds is going to get at least $15 million a season. Okay, well, let's live in that world. That doesn't mean he's going to count $15 million against the cap next year, right? You're going you're gonna to structure that deal in such a way that is going to have minimal cap hits early on and kind of push the bigger cap hits down the road – where you have more um, available cap space. So I think deal structuring is going to be really important. Um, and then it's just going to be about how aggressive Brandon Bean wants to get with restructures. And aggressive might be the wrong word there because uh, a cap or a base salary restructures creates cap space now, but it doesn't take anything away from the player. It just gives them their money sooner. And so they're very, they're very routine. And it's just a matter of how many times or how many different players Bean wants to consider that with and, you know, obviously the, 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 the consequence of that is pushing money into future years. Well, you hope that in future years you have a stronger base of young players on rookie deals and that you have a cap that continues to go up, right? That's, that's the world that you want to live in with that. Um, and so I think it's, it's that willingness to restructure and push money that's going to give them the money necessary to, first of all, get 
under the cap because right now they're around $20 million over. But you, you restructure Josh Allen, you get $21 million right there before you consider any of the, of the other possibilities. So I think that there's some things that can happen. I think there's some extensions the Bills can give out. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Micah Hyde. Well, you, you're paying him this year on the last year of his deal. Would you like to give him another year of salary and spread some of his money around? There's ways that the Bills can give themselves enough flexibility to get what they need to get done this offseason. Now, I don't think it's a Von Miller, and I don't think it's something like that, but I think there's some meaningful moves that they can make to position themselves to go out and compete next season. What about Beckham? Adam Henry, new Bills wide receiver coach, has worked with him in three different spots. Uh contract I'm sure will drive this conversation but are you thinking at all about him today after they hired his his uh, receivers coach yeah, I think we all are right I, I think that's a very natural thing to think about and I, I reached out to uh, somebody that I know that worked uh, at the LSU program while while Adam Henry was there and had really good things to say about him and so um, yeah obviously the 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 Adam Henry with Odell at LSU with the Giants with the Browns I mean that's that's a heck of a coincidence. I mean, you, you just piece it all together. The Bills had interest in Odell. Von Miller continues to not rule it out. Um, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of momentum in that direction. Um, and so I, I'm very curious what that contract looks like. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those that I could be convinced of a lot of different numbers uh, that make sense, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure how big his market's going to be. I know that it's kind of a weak class of free agent wide receivers, but, you know, the NFL has been so good at getting – receivers in the draft that help right away and so you wonder how willing teams are going to be to ignore overpaying guys like Jacoby Myers or Alan Lazard you know these types of receivers that are that are available you don't want to pay those guys 15 million when you can get you know a younger potentially more dynamic player in the draft so uh, we'll see how the Bills attack it I'm really interested to see what Odell gets this offseason. Joe Moreno of the Draft Network. Yeah, Joe, if they do bring in Beckham, I don't think that, and I'd imagine you're you're lined up with this too. You mentioned potentially two receivers. They still have a need for a young receiver to to kind of start a clock on a receiver to be a part of the future Josh Allen core. Yeah, there's no question, and I think it's as simple as this: you're paying Diggs all the money, you're paying Dawson Knox a, a pretty big chunk of change, right around 14 million a season. Right now, what, what, no matter what you think of Gabe Davis, and we, I think it's pretty well understood that I'm pretty lukewarm on Gabe Davis as the, the long-term number two receiver. He's, he's producing at a level that's going to put him in an $18, $19, 20000000 million a year type range. And you're not going to pay three offensive playmakers, two receivers and a tight end. You're not going to have $40 million of cap space committed to those three players. I mean, that's just, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, and you add in Josh Allen, and you're going to have like an eighty million dollar top three options in your offense. I mean, that's just that's that, that can't happen. And so, yes, the Bills need to be uh, adding to the cupboard when it comes to receivers. Um, and I would, I think they should pick one of the first three rounds um, to start getting uh, chemistry and, and allowing you know you to move on from a player like Gabe Davis and. And, and really take advantage of the cash savings that could be had from not paying him. One last before we go. Well, you know, we've got plenty to get into the and when we get to draft season and all the mock drafts that are going to set the Bills a running back, whether it's B. John Robinson or whoever. Um, I wonder your feeling on, on James Cook right now, the way he came on later in the season. Are you of the mind that the Bills could and should make him their number one, in effect? Well, I, I really am encouraged by James Cook. I thought he's the player on the roster that from the beginning of the season to the end of the season had the most in-season growth, and you like to think about what that can mean going into year two. 
Um, I think James Cook can be the Bills' feature running back, but I, I do think you need to have a complement there to kind of make up for the missing elements of the skill set. Um, you know, James is a really good um, elusive runner, speed, uh, creativity, pass-catching ability, but he doesn't really bring you much in terms of downhill between the tackles. You need physical runs, you know, closing out games, um, short yardage, pass protection, right? So I think you need to have uh, a player that gives you those dynamics. And so I don't think it's hard to find those dynamics, a, a mid-to-late-round draft pick, uh, something like that can, can accomplish that. Uh, but I do think that it, it makes a lot of sense for the Bills to lean into James Cook as their primary running back, um, which also means not committing cap space to Devin Singletary on an extension and then leaning into a, a you know a mid-round rookie to, to make up for what you're not getting in James Cook in your backfield. But not a first-round rookie. Listen, I, I, I went into this. I went into this on Locked On Bills today. Uh, Bijan Robinson's one of those really special players, and I don't think there's a world where he gets to 27. But I, I will pound the table and tell you that I think he's one of the three best football players in this draft. And 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 for as much as uh, not pick a running back in the first round guy that I am, you tell me you pick 27, you get Bijan Robinson. You know, I, I I can only be so so mad about that. I mm. I, I actually don't think I'd mind it at all. I. Jeremy, we put him on the list for that. I don't, I don't think know. we. That doesn't listen. Say, it's close. Joe can sell me anything, and if <laughs> like, you know, like I, I trust you all the way, Joe, and like that's that, that's gonna be a tough one for me to to make peace with. I was ready to make peace with. It'll it. be the biggest test well, in your relationship ever. Well, well here's the thing, like. I, I've kind of run through this. When it was Travis Etienne, I could, all right, I get it. I understand it. You have a pretty complete roster. And when it was last year about Brees Hall, it's kind of the same thing. This time, it feels like they have more holes to fill and feels like it's a harder thing to try to get to if you're trying to talk yourself into it. I don't disagree. It's just it's about Bijan. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. I think he's one of those like legitimate like McCaffrey, and, we're talking like that oh, level of offensive ability. Yes, yes, yeah. every every bit of that, and so that's that's what gets me excited about the idea. I, I don't think it's reality. I don't think there's a, a chance he touches 27, but he's that type of talent that makes me kind of break some of my own personal rules. Yeah, and and I think you just you, you say, wow, this would make this offense it's more dynamic. He gives you everything at the position, and um, I think he's just a special talent. And so it's about Bijan more than it is anything else. I just think that would be too big of a steal to pass up at 27. All right. I'm do, sure we'll... do you have a team you're thinking of that, like, he won't get past oh. this team? Philadelphia? The, uh, the they have a middle pick, don't him. they? Yeah, Philadelphia. At I, 10. Well, listen, as a, as a mock draft writer, uh, you mock Bijan pretty much any team, they yell at you, especially the Eagles fans because – so Howie would never pick a running back in the first round. Uh, but I, I love him to Detroit. Uh, right there, I, I, if I'm Detroit, I'm thinking about him at six. I think they pick again at 18. Yep. Yeah, I think Baltimore's a team that I I think would be phenomenal for him. Um, those are, you know, Atlanta, I, I think maybe they have yeah. some bigger issues. But if they, you know, if they are happy with Desmond Ritter, I mean, maybe you think about it. That's been a big part of what Arthur Smith is and very good with uh, Derrick Henry. So I don't know. I think there's some landing spots, but Detroit's the one that I really love. Tennessee would be the funniest. <laughs> just reset <laughs> the clock on what they're doing. Just do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you get five years out of the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you let you move on. You don't pay him ever, right? But, uh, yeah, five years of Bijan at 27, that's, that's pretty tempting for me. All right. Joe Marino of the Draft Network. I'm sure we'll talk about him and the other running backs and receivers, you know, draft season uh, approaches. Thanks, Joe. 
All right, guys, thank you. Joe Marino of the Draft Network. Man, I did not think my entire worldview was going to be rocked today. I just, I, I trust Joe. He could be, I trust Joe too. He could be the best player in the draft, and I wouldn't want to pick him at 27. That's what they said about, like, Spiller, right? Like, oh, this guy, Gruden Gruden said that. Think of it this way. The better he is, the more he's going to get the football. Okay. Does that sound good? Okay. I don't, that doesn't sound good to me. I have a stat on that. To when we get back, context. So One Bills Live had a good conversation about this, about how much Josh is, the percentage of the offense that Josh Allen is for the Bills, right? He passes, he runs. His percentage as compared to his peers. I'll get you some of those numbers, and we'll talk about how much of an issue it really is that Josh carries too much of the load. The context of that next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Takes a shotgun snap, going to keep it himself and run, and he's got room. Josh into Miami territory at the 35, at the 30, inside the 20, and he's finally knocked out of bounds. Josh Allen runs a wild down the middle of the defense and then gets knocked out of bounds. He goes 54 yards with that run. Josh Allen, big run, Miami game. That's John Murphy on the call. So, all right. We all agree I think we all agree. This is one of those rare instances where everybody's on the same page for one thing about the Bills. We just had our conversation with Joe Marino of the Draft Network. Always a great conversation. The name John Robinson came up running back. You know, Joe doesn't think he'll make it to 27, but did say if he does, he's not going to be mad if the Bills take Bijan Robinson because he's such a special player. Robinson or a tackle or a guard or a receiver. 
Joe, everybody in town is on board to help Josh Allen, right? We can at least yes. agree that. Maybe you want a running back. Maybe you want a receiver. Maybe you want a tight end. Maybe you want a tackle. Whatever you want. Everybody here in town is ready for the Bills to do more to help Josh Allen. I think we can put that like on the wall. Mm-hmm. Etch it in stone. We're all on track with that. The question gets to how should that help come? In what form does it come? What does it change about them? So I mentioned this going to the break. I saw One Bills Live talking about that Josh Allen's percentage of the offense was 79%. He was 79% of their offensive output because he's a quarterback that runs it and he throws it. The quick math I did, I had it 78%, so I don't know where they got 70%. Whatever. Let's just say 79%. That's fine. 79%. And that looks like a big number. It is a consistent thing you see during Bills games. Wow, too much Allen. Really, way too much Allen. And... I decided to go look at the other teams in the league and what percentage of the offense their quarterback is responsible for. Okay. Now, I do think built into this is a bit of a statistical flaw. Ru- the rushing? No. The passing. If he throws for 300 yards, yeah. he gets 300 yards. How many yards do receivers get? None. Oh, I see. Like It's yeah. a little bit of a, of a statistical flaw. But sure. I'll, let's still entertain it. So this is passing yards. And your quarterback's rushing yards. Mm -hmm. You add those two together. What percentage is that number of your team's total offense? For Allen, it's 79%. For Mahomes, it is 78%. (laughs) Okay. For Tom Brady, who threw the ball more than anyone ever in a season. And doesn't run. Right. It is 78%. For Joe Burrow, it is 78%. So he's one percentage point above those. For Daniel Jones. Uh Uh-huh. It was 78%. <laughs> Justin Herbert, uh-huh. 77%. The Dolphins quarterbacks, all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. They went through three guys. Skylar Thompson played a playoff game. The Dolphins quarterbacks are 75%. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, he's actually down at 73%. That's a team that does run the ball okay. fairly well. So the point I, I'm getting to is I do think there's a little bit of a that looks like a problem. But when you look at the context, it's not that far off from what it has to be. Right. Really what everybody wants is probably – I shouldn't say everybody, but what a lot of people might want is, hey, why don't we take like 300 of Josh's rushing yards and put those miles on somebody else's tires? Isn't that really what this is all about? Well, if they do that, what does that number go down to? 77%. Okay. I mean, so he, we're, even then we're talking about two percentage points? Right. Josh ran for 762 this year. Yeah. Right. What's the right number for that? Mahomes ran for three fifty eight. Is that what is, is that what Bills fans want? Is that what people want? You was so what the Bills want him running for three hundred fifty to four hundred yards a year instead of seven hundred fifty. I don't know that I need that though. Well, if he it, runs for seven fifty, he runs for seven fifty. So uh, half of that is scrambles anyway. Okay. Do you want to take the yards off of his passing yards then? See, I don't want to take. I don't need to take yards away from him at all. That's because where is that going? The running back, right? The other right? way, sure. The other way to get this percentage up is to not change anything that he does, right? But your overall total offense goes up now, and that's from running backs. I wonder. This would be an, an additional layer that would make it probably impossible to look up on this if you count yardage only by air yards, right? Because, like, putting something on someone else's plate. Who's the Mahomes? Well, 
the, the, the Niners for this, whatever percentage number Jimmy Garoppolo is, isn't really, really less on his plate because he's just throwing three yards to the left to Debo Samuel, or he's throwing to McCaffrey in the backfield on a swing route. Like, Allen, year to year to year, is throwing the ball downfield as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. So while that number, I don't want to dispute it, and this is not me saying I want to lower his workload because I'm not trying to run the ball more. Couldn't you say, though, there is more on his plate than just that 79% number because he's throwing the ball downfield more than a lot of other guys. Not everybody. Mahomes, I don't think, would be that. Um, Brady, I don't think, would be that. Brady's air yards, I think he was number one in the league this year. But Hurts, maybe. Burrow. Like, are there guys where there is more that he's doing because the yards after catch are near the bottom of the league every year, which is unlike a lot of other top offenses? Okay, you want to give – you're saying that deeper throws require more work from the quarterback. Sure. Right. He's doing more work than than Mahomes even is because he's got to throw the ball on a rope to Gabe Davis in a three-yard window. And Mahomes, on given plays, he can throw it in the flat to Mikkel Hardman. He takes it 10 yards. That doesn't happen as much on the Bills as it does on the Chiefs. That's That's right. That's right. The Bills have not been a good yak team. But to me, that is more about – that's why we're trying to draft receivers, isn't it? Sure. That's why we're trying to bring in that personnel and that scheme is making it... We're still trying to help Josh. Everything's about helping Josh. So the number might not decrease, hey. but you're making it easier for him to get to that number. Yep, and I'm I'm on board with that. Part of, part of the point I want to bring up here is that seeing your quarterback be 75% of your offense is normal. Yes, that right. Is, that's, if, yep. you, if you're going to use this formula, it's, it's normal. It's normal. What we all probably want, you know, put this over here on the etch it in stone. We're all here to help Josh in terms of talking about this offseason. The other thing to etch in stone is underneath that, make his life easier. Right. And if that is what you're saying, instead of having to throw a small window throw to Gabe Davis 20 yards down the field, throw it six yards to Jordan Addison, who they draft in the first round. And he's wide open. Right. He shakes a guy, makes a guy miss, and gets 10 yards after the catch. Right. I don't want to primarily become that because Allen has the arm strength to where he's one of the few quarterbacks you have where you can you can intimidate defenses by how often he can throw the ball down the field and how well he can throw it down the, the big plays. The big plays will always be the bread and butter of the Bills, but it felt like last year that's all they were trying to get, right? There were there were film plays we were seeing broken down on Twitter where Allen would drop back to pass, Singletary would run short, and all four receivers were running vertical, 25 yards downfield. All of them. It's like they're running a Hail Mary play. Allen scramble around, guys will work back to the football, whatever it is. They're going for big plays time after time, and that is fine. I want them going for big plays more than anybody in football. But it did feel like it was overkill last year. It felt like it was all they were trying to do, and that they didn't have that other card. I might... They're talking about Lamar Jackson right now. Get up. Is is he the only guy in the league you might say the job is harder for than Allen? Of the elite quarterbacks. Whose well, job is easy? Mahomes' he, job sometimes looks easy. Very. Hurts' job a lot of times looks easy. Burrow, too, because of his receivers. Brock Purdy's job looked easy. Exactly. It it has looked hard for Allen. Tua's job 
occasionally looks kind of easy. And that probably is what really this is coming from, right? Scheme. Stop making Allen have to do everything, have to make all that yardage happen, where the coaching is making it happen for a lot of the other guys. The only guy I would put in his camp is Lamar Jackson. It does look like Lamar Jackson. He has to make it happen, or it's not going to. And that's maybe the same boat Allen is in, is that those... Easy button plays are not there for Allen and Jackson the way they might be for these other top quarterbacks. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you have a thought on this, are we going to have to talk about Bijan Robinson? Am I going to have to? Am I, am <laughs> are I, you going to have to make a decision on Bijan Robinson? I got to make a decision on Tremaine Edmonds first. I don't know how to feel about Tremaine Edmonds. Luckily, Joe. Even as Joe says, I I feel better. By the way, we have our bet with Mike Shope four to one odds that the Bills will draft. B. John Robinson, Mike's yep. on the yes side, we're on the no side. Yeah, I feel a lot better about that bet being a no. More and more, it just sounds like he's not even going to get near the Bills. Yeah, he that might go. That he's such a special talent. Yeah. Well, you need a GM though to be willing to make that pick. Who are the GMs that have picked running backs high? Gettleman. Well, Jerry Jones. There's. The, I'm going to do it, aren't I? I can't believe I'm going to do this. I feel like I've, I've, are you about to put Bean in that category? No, no. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna okay. bust out my playbook. The last two years, defending the idea of drafting a running back when you are a good team, because drafting one twenty eighth is not the same as drafting one second. It might as well be a, a, a different round. I know it's a first. Drafting Bijan Robinson second is a terrible idea. Drafting him if you're the uh, an NFL team twenty eighth, right? Like if the Texans did, it's it. just not the same. Still, to me, not a great idea to go running back, but I can't believe I'm going to get talked into. You're, you're already I'm, talking I'm, stuff no, into no, it. No, I'm not going to get talked into it <sighs> unless I get a time machine where the Bills go back in time and undo the James Cook pick. They they've already they've already sunk the cost into it. You how did you how do you do it again? Right. This, this is your listen, escape from wanting the is, Bills to draft B. John Robinson. It would be. It would look look at right. Look at the pile. Look at the running back pile it over would here. Be it would be unbel- second, two thirds, Heinz trade, and a first. a first would be for a position that you don't even have to draft. The Super Bowl champs have a seventh round pick. I almost don't care how good he is. He could be the best running back of all time, and I think I might be upset that they I did it. I want to say that, and then I see Christian McCaffrey getting two hundred touches in the San Francisco offense, and I think he's used. I'm, I'm getting mad at myself over they're not, here. <laughs> they are not the Niners, though, right? That's like, right. Can, does that they're, have to be like, no, they're they not, are not the Niners they're, offensively. They're not the Niners, and they talked about their running backs like they were going to use them in the passing game, and that never happens. And is that because the running backs weren't good, or is that because they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole? I don't know. They're trying to make Allen run the Niners offense when he will never be a guy that wants to do that. We'll get a call in. Kurt in Grand Island. What's up, Kurt? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Go, go ahead, ahead, Kurt. So anyway, yeah, great topic, especially when you guys just nailed it, you know, on that long ball. You know, I, you know, I went to several games this year, and I was always watching them on TV, and it would drive me absolutely batty when we'd have, like, a third down play and we'd, we'd go for, like, a 20, 30, 40-yard pass when all we needed was 10 yards to get that first down or whatever the yardage was, and they did it constantly. And, and, and I'm all about percentages, right? So... You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw a 30, 40 yard pass, your percentage of completion is less than your 10 to 15 yard pass to get that first down. And granted, we didn't have Beasley all year, but you know what I mean. We we need we need to 
the play calling needs to be much smarter, and we need to be more percentage. The teams come in like the Cincinnati's and the other teams, and they come in and they play up, and they nickel-dime us to death. And it's like the old Bills. I remember when we used to get nickel-dimed to death, and we need to nickel-dime other teams. We need to get those short yardage plays. You know, we need to get that first down and just keep control of the ball, keep moving it. And, and I thought we lacked that this year. We lacked that, that, the percentages. And, and, and I'm all for the big, big bomb and the big ball too, right? But, it, you know, that's only when we're in control of the game and we know we're going to kick some, you know, some booty and, and not, you know, and, and I saw a lot of that. It would drive me absolutely insane every time. And then we wouldn't get the first down. We were punting and then we lost possession. And, and those are the things we need to do. We need to master all season long because when we get into the playoffs, that's got to be our bread and butter. First down, first down, first down, not in a low percentage way, but in a high bond. Thanks. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to be able to do all of it, right? You want to be able to sustain drives and hit big plays. Um, you know, teams are betting against you if you don't hit big plays. The Bills' defense is founded on this principle. Yeah. Don't ever give up big plays, and we will never be out of a game. And the Bills' defense has been excellent up until the playoffs frequently. This year they might have given up more big plays than ever, and that's probably because of all the injuries. Every defensive starter missed time. Everyone. Yeah. So Except for no, even at Oliver had an injury, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 8030550. This draft's gonna be fun. I can't you know, the the, the running back thing. I, I'm gonna evaluate everything they do through the prism of Tell me about the best receiver asset they got. If I'm happy with that, I'm going to be happy with almost the entire offseason. Did they get two? Am I no longer going to be talking about pulling street free agent practice squad receivers onto playoff rosters? Can't do that. Got to find depth and just diversity in the passing game. Running back. Ugh. I do. Ha- you know this. I do have the first overall pick in a dynasty league, so I'm all about Bijan in some capacity. He's going to be on my team, Joe. I'm going to be a Bijan guy. Where do I want him to go, though? Hmm. Joe Marino. Didn't know he was going to just rock me today with the, the he Bijan Robinson. He, he said he couldn't be that mad about it. Now, the, the, the should. Right, he, 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 he's not being put on the list. No, that's right. He's not on the list. He didn't mock You're him. not being put on the list either yet. I'm not on the list. No. Bijan The Bijan Robinson mocks. How about yesterday? Todd McShay mocked the Bills. Uh, Gibbs, Gibbs, right? Gibbs, yeah. From Alabama. Yeah, the second running back. Holy cow. That one they can't do. No. They definitely can't do that one. That would be that would be bad. Pick of the week on the way. Uh, Bob Herrick, also SI.com, to preview the golf. Tiger Woods is back this week, uh, among, of course, all the other stars on the PGA Tour for Riviera. So we'll talk to, talk to Bob Herrick coming up in a few minutes as well here on WGR. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, I owe you the pick of the week. Pick of the week's brought to you by Riverfront Auto Sales. And the pick of the week at Riverfront is a uh, 2017 Toyota RAV4 SE. Great SUV for your family. Loaded all-wheel drive. One owner. 30,000 miles. Check it out now at RiverfrontAutoSales.com or call my friends Marty Sr. or Marty Jr. at 886-1626 for the Toyota RAV4, 2017 RAV4. Pick of the week. Football season's over. Mm-hmm. Sabres play the Sharks late. Yeah. I'm going with the golf. We're going to talk to Bob Herrick of SI.com, Sports okay. Illustrated, uh, coming up next segment. Tiger Woods is playing golf. Come on. Riviera is a beautiful course and a great golf weekend on the way, and hopefully Tiger as well. So, yeah, sure, my pick of the week is going to be the golf. Cold there, right? Because yes. Tiger was shown wearing like a winter hat on the driving range. We're going to talk to Bob about that coming up. The round he played yesterday, he walked and played, yeah. and it was about 40 degrees and windy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A good test for uh, to see you know how well he holds up. So a little bit of golf chatter. More of your phone calls on the way as well as we uh, roll along this Thursday morning. Full swing should be added to the pick of the week. For yeah, sure. you know, full swing. The the Netflix golf show. I've only seen 13 minutes, of, as I've said a few times today. But, uh, Joe, there's some of the most unforgettable 13 minutes of my life. Justin, <laughs> it's Justin Just, Thomas. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. I like Justin Thomas a lot. And it may, he, it He's may, making me like that. that well, I don't know. Did that first episode make me like Spieth more? Maybe not. I'll, well, I'll He's say, still a little... 13 minutes in, Spieth was funny. And I thought, yeah. maybe I'm going to like Spieth by the end of this. He goes off the rails a couple of times in the rest of the episode, you'll okay. see. But he, but he does that on camera during the tournaments anyway. He's a character. Or he'll like, slam a club or something. Yeah, he's a character. Okay, break, more calls, a little golf talk. Bob Herrig of Sports Illustrated next here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.